The nation, my dudes and dudettes, what is going on? Hilo here with Pablo, who we're going to be bringing in here shortly, bringing you another Betting Extremes podcast where we take a look at the high game totals, we take a look at the low game totals, the high spreads, the low spreads, and try and figure out what's not high enough, what's not low enough, and give a little boost to expected value early on in the week. Without further ado, I'm going to bring him in, my dude, Pobble. What's going on, brother? What up, what up? How we doing? Good, man. How about this last week, huh? Oh, man. <laughs> it was close. I, uh, <laughs> I swift on the bills. <laughs> At least the Bucks were good. That was savior. <laughs> yeah, man. It was uh, definitely an interesting week. Um, but yeah, that was last week, dude. Let's check out the slate, man. Let's get back uh, to it. We're going to do the same, pretty much the same thing that we did last year. I liked how that flowed. Um, we're going to throw games back and forth uh, and give our thoughts. We'll tie in a little bit of DS, DFS discussion this week. Um, I'm obviously not going to go too in-depth. Uh, just some like preliminary ideas uh, because I, for one, um, am not through all my research recording this Tuesday evening at 7.22 p.m., uh, but with that said, we'll throw out a little bit of some top level, you know, DFS action at you as well. But the primary focus, of course, is going to be taking a look at these extremes in lines to capture some EV. All right, man, let's hear it. What do you got for your first pick here? My first pick, and I think this one's going to have a lot of fireworks, is going to be Seahawks and Vikings. We got an over under of 55 and a half. Um, yeah, I. We've we've seen the Vikings last couple of weeks. These have just been shootouts. Their defense is terrible. I don't even know if Mike Zimmer will survive the season. Um, yeah, I mean, I think DK Metcalf is in for a huge game. He, I think he's had like a thirty percent target share, and he just hasn't caught that big one yet. So that one's coming. So I'm going to be really, really heavy on uh, DK this week. Yeah, dude. The big things. First of all, I hope Mike Zimmer makes it through the season because that team is just breeds. DFS so, action, fan yeah. production. So, um, second of all, the big thing out of the Seahawks that I picked up on over the first couple of weeks is the increase to ADOTs. Um, we, you know, we already were seeing DK Metcalf working primarily intermediate to downfield stuff, but Lockett, his yeah. ADOT has bumped up almost three full yards from last year, which is highly, highly encouraging for this offense. You know, we, we know with the offensive coordinator change that, um, well, we didn't know, but uh, we we figured. We suspected, yeah, yeah, we suspected that they might be attacking a little bit deeper, and the first two weeks of the season um, has definitely proved that to be accurate. You know, they're still going to be a balanced offense. They're still going to have you know the run game cooking. They do have you know above average to you know borderline top ten offensive line as far as run blocking goes. But the big thing out of this offense is. Obviously, they're attacking deeper down the field with greater frequency. So we we've always seen these deep shots from Seattle, uh, but they're they're basically being much more aggressive downfield with greater frequency this season, which 
obviously is either is beneficial for an over and beneficial for uh, perspective fantasy points in that they're either stopping the clock or, you know, they're taking these chunk gains. So um, I like that call. I like basically any game involving the Vikings. Uh, what else? Are you, what else are you see in here? Yeah. And you hit it perfectly. Like we know they want to establish the run and they've had that formula and they run effectively, but now they're finally adding in more of those play action bombs. Like Freddie Swain, they're using him as a great deep threat. I wish I had him in best ball. <laughs> Eskridge is a little hurt, but I think he'll be fine later. Um, nah, you want Eskridge, bro. Yeah, I'm hoping they really just let him loose. He looked. They, I think they'll scheme him up nicely. But yeah, I think this this game's gonna just be lights out. And some people were all down on Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is playing great. He's got you know uh, Jefferson out there. He's got Thielen. Osborne looks like he's a legit talent. So I mean, there. This has all the pieces to just be a shootout. Yeah, and what what really is going to be the defining factor here is going to be drive success rate, and each of these teams uh, are showing high high levels of drive success rate uh, on offense. So uh, I like that call. We should see some fireworks. Um, the first possession from each team, I think, is going to really dictate whether this game has the the umph to really hit that lofty over under. Um, but if you know if one of these teams. You know, we don't even need both of these teams to come out and score on their first possession. But if one of these teams puts up a, a seven spot on the first drive, um, then we should see these fireworks here. I like the call, man. All right. You got anything to add on that game before we carry on? No, I cannot wait to watch this game. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. And it's the afternoon game. So um, definite afternoon firework possibilities there. All right, man, I'm going to flip the script. I'm going to go with an under that I think is not low enough. And that is New Orleans at New England under 41 and a half currently. So this game, basically, we have two offenses who are the strength of their, their offense is exactly basically the strength of the opposing defense. And now a lot of this call is going to revolve around the defense, the health on the defensive side of the saints. That being said, you know, obviously, well, what, what do they have four players now with groin injuries? Like, I don't know what they're doing in practice, but Jacksonville really messed them up. <laughs> well, no, dude, I was like, yeah, I don't understand. Like they all popped in, in practice before we two with groin injuries. And it was like Wednesday or Thursday editions. Um, and then, who else? I forget that who else picked up a groin injury during the game in week two, but basically um, four defensive starters for New Orleans picked up groin injuries either during the practice week or during the game. And um, on the flip side, obviously the seven or eight offensive coaches uh, are still on the COVID list. We'll see how that shakes out for their availability for um, this game. But the Biggest picture, and, I, and the team that I think should really control the tempo of this game is the Patriots. You look at the Patriots, Mac Jones has a bottom three average intended air yards per pass attempt. Um, you know, he's sitting, working the short areas of the field almost ad nauseum. Um, obviously, with the re, I guess, reestablishment of James White in this offense, um, a boost to his production. And that's kind of what we saw in week two, where he had six or seven first half receptions uh, and then disappeared in the second half when they were kind of controlling that game. But uh, 
But um, yeah, with all the short area stuff, we know the Patriots are going to be trying to run the ball. We know the Saints with the amount of injuries and fluctuations with uh, either COVID or injuries on that team. We can expect them to be trying to design an offense around Alvin Kamara. Um, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen uh, with Jameis, but he's basically what I've seen over the first two weeks is he has not changed. He's going to, you know, he's going to be looking to sling it, uh, you know, within the constraints of the Sean Payton offense. Um, but, uh, you know, there's that ever present, um, I guess, 50 50 coin flip, you know, what Jameis we're going to see week to week. And that hasn't changed from his past. So, I like the under here. I like New England to control the tempo of this game, you know, looking to establish that run and work the short uh, to intermediate areas of the field, which what does that do? That leads to high probability completion, which um, they're looking to put together sustained drives and long drives, which eats up the clock. So I like the under here under 41 and a half. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So I was real disappointed because I was actually at the week one game and I was sitting there. It was an empty game too. So it was really nice. So we actually got to like relax. And there was this one specific play where Jameis dropped back and he looks, he does his reads and no one's open. And he just tossed the ball out of bounds. And I was so proud of him. I'm like, wow, maybe Jameis is right. And I remember turning to the Saints fan. I'm like, he looked at me and he told me, he was like, this guy looks good. And then we see last week. And like you just said, Good old inconsistent Jameis is back. Um, yeah, I'm worried here. I don't think they're going to be cutting him loose. It looks like it's going to be within the offense kind of thing. Kamara's not going to have another bad game like this, like he did last week. So I can see Kamara having a big boom week this week and trying to get him schemed touches. Um, and with the Patriots, we know how the Patriots want to play. They want to milk the clock. They want to run the ball. They want to short throw intermediate passes. I don't know if you saw that Damian Harris touchdown, but Damian Harris is a man like that guy. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to feed him the ball? Right. And James White's usage is back. They're using him just like they used to. So I mean, they just want to run the clock. It's going to definitely be a slow, slow game. So I am hundred percent with you here. Yeah. One thing that is concerning for me watching these saints play over the first couple of weeks is the lack of schemed pass game involvement for Alvin Kamara. So, yeah. you know, he has targets of four and six over the first two weeks, um, which is, you know, on the lower end of our expectations for Kamara coming into the season. But a lot of that is on either broken plays or second reads and the lack of you know, first read schemed involvement for Kamara has me a little bit, you know, worried for my best ball shares of Kamara, um, at least for as long as Jameis is starting, because we know Jameis Winston is not like a, you know, hit a running back coming out of a break timing quarterback. Um, so I think that goes a little bit into um, the reasons why Alvin Kamara isn't seeing these, these schemed uh, touches out of the backfield through the air. But uh, I guess that remains, you know, like I say, I want to have like four data points to be able to call something a trend. So we'll see how that kind of plays out over the next couple of weeks with Kamara in particular, but that does not leave me highly confident for this game against the Patriots, where we know um, that defensive line is going to be looking to crack down on the run. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Um, one thing I would say is I think Peyton is one of the most 
not the sorry, terrible English. I think uh, Sean Payton is one of the best scheming coaches there is, right? So I, if I have any confidence in anyone, I think he's going to see that, you know, that's what's not working. He's not getting Kamara the ball in space. And I can see maybe, hopefully see Kamara line up out wide. They have no wide receivers. So maybe they can start getting him out wide that way and getting him some scheme touches. But yeah, something really needs to change. This whole offense looks terrible. Yeah. And my, I guess my worry in that situation is that Sean Payton is designing this offense around Jameis. Whereas our assumption coming into the season was that he was designing this offense around Kamara. Great point. Um, so yeah, that's, I guess, again, something that we need to keep an eye on moving forward. But uh, until I see a change in Kamara, specifically his usage, it the assumption is, I think at this point, that Sean Payton has designed this offense around Jameis. So something to keep an eye on for sure. But uh yeah, I, I like this game to to basically be played to a slugfest with uh, each defense really cracking down. Um, you know, with the injuries to New Orleans, Mac Jones hasn't shown the propensity to really be able uh, at this point. You know, with Mike McDowell's calling the plays to to uh, take advantage of the you know the lack of starter bodies in the secondary and the linebacker core for the Saints. So we shall see, I suppose. Definitely. You want to hit me with your second call? Um, so I'm gonna go with another fireworks game. Let's go with the Chiefs and Chargers over under 55 and a half as well. I think we're gonna go over here. I am betting for the third week in a row that Justin Herbert is going to go bananas. He has gotten so unlucky with some tip passes, uh, some pretty unlucky interceptions. Uh, terrible penalties. It was actually really funny. I was watching this game and I uh, was laughing about this with my friends. Parham caught a bomb touchdown and then Cook got a holding call. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, if it ain't me, it ain't nobody. And I'm like, yes, Jared <laughs> Cook, you got it for the brand. And then, I don't know, a few plays later, Cook gets a touchdown and Parham got the penalty. And I'm like, but damn you, man. <laughs> yeah, that's karma but, right there. Yeah, but I mean, there were some really nice plays that the, um, what's his name, Diggs on Cowboys made. Like he he played outstanding. Um, but I I love this game. We know the Chiefs. They play football the right way. They don't play to lose. They play to score to win. And how do you win? You score, score, score. Um, and the only way Chargers have a chance to keep up in this game is to score as well. So. I'm just going right back to the well in DFS and betting everything on the over uh, on this game. And then obviously I'm going to target the game a ton this weekend. This one is very polarizing in my mind in that Joe Lombardi's offense is basically built around the power run and the X receiver. Um, that being Austin Eckler, you know, we saw his targets out of the backfield increase this past weekend. Um, but that being Austin Eckler and Mike Williams, which leaves me a little hesitant to be on the over here because that is basically the optimal way to attack this Kansas City Chiefs defense. We know that their safeties are, you know, the top, a top safety duo in the league. They are the best team in the NFL against deep passing over the last two years. And the way that, or I guess the, the best way to attack this chief's defense is 
with the ball on the ground in the power run game and via the X and Y receivers being the slot, Mr. Keenan Allen, um, over the short to intermediate areas of the field and for the X receiver, particularly uh, underneath the heavy zone coverage on the back end for this chief's defense. So when I look at that, that means that the, if the chart or if, if I were Joe Lombardi, like that would be the way that I would attack this game and, you know, rely on your defense, you know, slowing Mahomes down enough to be able to give you the possessions required to, you know, march the field and methodically put together drives. And I think that's how, I think that is what gives the chargers the best chance to actually win this game. So that kind of leaves a wide range of potential outcomes for the end box score. And it's more of a coin flip for me, whether this is, you know, going over or under. So that's how I'm seeing it. I totally get that like this, this game has all the pieces to turn into that back and forth shootout affair. I just, it's going to come down to the chiefs first couple of drives. And, you know, if they put up 10 points on those first two drives or more, obviously this is going to turn into a back and forth shootout. If the chargers are able to, you know, on their first two possessions, eat up 10, 12 minutes of game clock. Like this could go the opposite way. So I'm a little hesitant, uh, but I totally get the appeal. Yeah. And I actually agree with you that that's how I think the game will start. I think they're going to try to run, but it's the chiefs and you know, they're just going to lay on the points. And yeah, I, I, and I also, I haven't seen that chargers big game yet. You know, I, I yeah. We it's got to come now, and if it doesn't, I'm going to really hit the panic button on the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, we can be fairly confident that the Chiefs are going to put up 28 plus points, right? So now you're looking at that's half of the game total, and the only thing that could, in my mind, alter that is if you know three of those scores are coming in the second half, which is entirely possible if the Chargers are able to execute how I think they want to execute here. So um, that would leave obviously a greater chance at the under, but I guess this, I would call, I would just leave this game as wide range of potential outcomes. I think. One more thing too. Uh, I forgot to mention when you were saying earlier, uh, Eckler didn't have any targets week one or we had one target, but no one freaked out on Twitter this year. So uh, that was pretty funny to me. Oh no, last dude, year. I saw it. I saw it. Oh, you did. I didn't oh, see yeah. much, but last year the panic buttons were out. Oh, that was incredible. Oh yeah. There was, there was panic ensuing for sure. And then we <laughs> saw the standard Austin Eckler schemed usage through the past game. Um, and everybody was like, yo, chill, bro. Chill. But yeah, I, I definitely did. I saw some some overreactions. I mean, week one, dude, overreactions are hilarious. It's but. the best. It's my favorite part of football. Yeah, <laughs> week two overreactions. I mean, if you've seen my Twitter, I'm I am the overreaction station over here. I'll be here all season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, overreaction Twitter and best ball screenshot Twitter. I think you're both of them, huh? Oh man, that's my life. <laughs> I love uh, it, dude. I love it. All right, you got anything uh, else to add on this? No, who's your next one? I'm really interested to hear. Yeah, my next one is Carolina minus eight, my Thursday night football game. But the one I like better, if it's available, is Houston under 17 and a half. Uh, their team implied total of 17 and a half. Ooh, we I look like at, this. yeah, we look at 
Houston, and I guess we look at the Panthers as well, but this Panthers defense is heavy, heavy zone defense, but they are forcing teams to march the field methodically. They are executing, you know, they have an extremely young defense. And I even wrote up their defense in the, uh, the, the primer prior to the season that this defense had a very wide range of outcomes. You know, they are, were very young coming into the year, but they have a defensive coordinator who, you know, has his second year working with these personnel and they had the chance to really, really limit offensive production against. And what we're seeing is just a, an increase to their execution to start the year. Um, they basically had all the same pieces from last year coming into this year, but we're seeing better execution. We're seeing them taking away the deep ball, playing heavy, uh, cover two, uh, having basically cutting down on the mental lapses on defense and, and keeping the game in front of them. And they're forcing teams to march the field. Well, now you look at the Texans and they're starting their coming into perceived third string quarterback, uh, into the season. In Davis Mills, uh, they have uh, two wide receivers who are likely out in Danny Amendola, who is doubtful. And He's Nico, out, I think, already. Okay, so last I saw, he was doubtful, and Nico Collins has already been put on the IR. Uh, so you get it, you get a situation where it's like Brandon Cooks, a smattering of four mediocre running backs, uh, and then nobody else, uh, nobody else behind them. I'd expect heavy, heavy 12 personnel sets coming out of the Texans this week on a short week. Um, so you're looking at Farrell Brown and, um, Aiken. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you look at the, the overall makeup of this game and the Panthers are going to be forcing or looking to force the Texans to methodically march the field. You have, uh, basically one offensive weapon. We saw, we saw Davis Mills target Brandon Cooks nine, ten times, something like that, after he came into the game uh, in week two. So it's like take away Brandon Cooks and you take away any scoring potential from this game. So um, I like Houston under team total under 17 and a half. I love it. I uh, One of the most polarizing questions for me this week is, do I play Davis Mills in cash and showdown or not? Because this guy is trash. Um, but you definitely want to play these quarterbacks. <laughs> um, there's no way they're going to be able to run the ball. You know, I don't, I, maybe David Johnson can get some playing time this week. I think he could be useful, but I, I just, I was shocked how good the Panthers defense looks. I mean, they stifled Jameis. They made Zach Wilson look, you know, he looked better week one than week two, but he didn't look great week one. So, I mean, I think you covered every base here. I'm definitely going to, be going on the under on the Texans here. Dig it, dude. Shoot me with your last one. Uh, my last one. So I was going to go with the Bucks and Rams, but that's too, um, to be everyone. I'd be picking all the 55 and a half. That game's going over most likely, but one game that kind of is under the radar is the Falcons giants game has an over under 48. I like the over on this one. Uh, and Jones doesn't look that bad, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I felt where you were going with that, and I was waiting for it because I agree. I mean, he dude, he's he's chilling in the top five. I don't want to uh, say it, but like, I don't want to <laughs> like have pitchforks come at me. But man, he took it to Washington, 
and and he has yet to stumble on a long run. Yeah, so. <laughs> is he not the slowest oh my looking God. dude running? But you know he's going fast. But he's so tall, he looks slow. Yeah, he's like a six three, six four giant that like those legs are moving slow, but he's still moving fast. Yeah, and I mean we all off season we're preaching Shepard Slayton stacks, right? That was we never mentioned Galladay. Shepard Slayton stacks, Shepard Slayton stacks, and I mean those are hidden already. Shepard literally looks like a top. I don't want to say top 10 receiver because that's, he's not, but like a top 20 receiver, he, he's good. <laughs> Slayton just missed that second touchdown too. Oh man, that would have been awesome. We don't really need Saquon yeah. even in this game, you know, <laughs> but you know, this offense looks pretty good. They're not as bad as we thought. And then Falcons have had two really, really tough games to start the season. There's no way the Falcons are this bad. I hope. And Cordero Patterson looks really, you know, they're utilizing him really well. Calvin Ridley hasn't had that breakout game. Pitts looked really comfortable last week. So I can see, I think he went up like 40% snaps, but I might be making that up, but I know his snaps went up last week. And he said, he even said the first week I wasn't reading things really well, but last week things are starting to look more easier for me. So I'm, I'm really looking towards this game. And then just a side note, I saw Jordan Brown worked out with the Falcons today. So I think he'd be a fantastic fit for this team. You know what I'm excited for? So the first week of Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts against heavy man coverage. Oh man, they're going to destroy them. <laughs> I cannot wait. Like this, the ownership on these guys in DFS is going to be so low. And this is the first week where they're seeing or expected to see heavy man coverage. So get out the beers. I'm ready to watch this. I like the over as well. Um, early week. Falcons and defense looks so bad, dude. Yeah, we I another thing that I wrote up this summer, you know, Dean Peace, the magic man on defense coming over as a defensive coordinator for the Falcons. But I said that this is going to take some time to develop. He's overhauling a defense with not a lot of skill. So this is going to take a little bit for Dean Peace's magic uh, to to show its face. So, I, yeah, I'd expect I expected these guys to struggle on the defensive side of the ball to start the year. We're seeing that. I'd expect them as the as the season goes on to gradually increase in efficiency on the defensive side, but we are not there yet. So I like that call. I like this game over. It's even bet down a little bit to 47 and a half. Oh, nice. And this is going to be a yeah. great game to stack in DFS. There's going to be no ownership here. Yes, sir. And that's why I threw that little nugget of, uh, of man coverage. Let's go. I like it. I love it. Even let's go. Who's your next or your last one? Yeah, man. To close us out, we are going to add insult to injury here a little bit. Again, <laughs> I'm going to pick on a bottom feeder offense. I am going to call the New York Jets under a lofty total of 15.5 points. Yeesh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what... I'm seeing here is Zach Wilson is seeing ghosts. Well, no, <laughs> he's not even dude. He's not seeing ghosts. He's just complete YOLO. Yeah, man. He's it's complete gonna... YOLO mode. Like, and, and they don't have the offensive playmakers to, to basically get anything going there. Corey Davis is not Julio Jones. <laughs> Corey Davis is Julio Jones. You check yourself right now, but he is all they have right now. <laughs> You shut your filthy mouth. No, I love Corey Davis, but I mean, (laughs) 
that was a rough game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, and we saw, we saw the basic, the, the, the recipe for taking out the jets, being able to score is you remove Corey Davis and there's zero chance. Um, but yeah, I like the, this Broncos defense, young up and coming, uh, obviously Patrick Sertan, um, on the back half of that defense. And hopefully we're going to finally see the return to action of, uh, Chubb, who is one of the top run blockers and pass rushers, you know, the complete defensive lineman. Uh, and actually they've been moving him around between defensive line and uh, inside linebackers. So that no Bradley Chubb is getting surgery actually. Oh, what? Yep. Arthroscopic surgery on his ankle. I knew something happened to him today. Yeah. Oh, fuck off. Are you serious? Yeah, serious. I didn't see that dude. They don't I even didn't... need him though. <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> that I was that's why I was so excited about this. But anyway, yeah, we we talk about um um Zach Wilson now who is going to be tasked with trying to pick apart a heavy zone defense uh and a very good one at that. So, uh an IDP league Justin Simmons this week, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um yeah, the the pass rush should be able to be getting to Zach Wilson, put him under pressure. And now he's going to be having to make these reads under pressure and it is not looking good. At least they still got Vaughn Miller. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm not too worried about this. I still would take the under on this because I don't, I expected the Jets to be a little better than they are, but it's going to, it's, I think it's just like uh, we were talking about the Houston defense, you know, young coach, new system, you know, that's going to take some time for everything to mesh. Yeah, they have got a lot of moving pieces coming in through New York. They also have a lot of draft picks coming up. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I like this team to basically embrace the full rebuild, uh, which it appears that they are doing. But yeah, I mean, my Zach Wilson ownership and best ball will show you that I was higher than consensus on this Same. offense this season. <laughs> yeah, so luckily he's sitting with either Jalen Hurts and and or not and or or Kyler Murray teams. Uh, so I was, yeah, taking, I'm not too worried about yeah, it. I was taking the upside, the potential upside uh, late season here on Zach Wilson, but um, yeah, I have a lot. Uh, so hopefully we see this team progress as the year moves on. They are not there yet. And this represents an extremely difficult ask heading to mile high um, in Denver and playing this vaunted, you know, high, um, zone defense of the Broncos. I got one more for you, and I just want to yeah, hear bonus. your thoughts. Let's go, bonus. What do you think about the under on the Bears and Browns at 46 and a half? The Bears and Browns. Oh, man, I haven't even got to that game, but it, looking at the Bears defense, <laughs> they are struggling. I feel like they're going to the be air. wearing... 10 condoms to keep fields, you know, safe. Oh yeah. And then the Browns are just going to run the ball. There's no offense. Has Dalton been ruled out? I'm pretty sure he's out. I think he has a, let me double check, but I'm pretty sure he has a sprain or something like that. But I'm, did you see the Nagy interview where they're like, is fields going to play? He's like, sorry, I'm not answering scheme questions. Yeah. He's like, what? Yeah. (laughs) God, can they fire him? Yeah, he's gone. He uh, he's still my odds on favorite for first to first to be gone this year. Yeah, Dalton's um, week to week not officially ruled out. Okay, yeah, that was the last I saw as well. Okay. 
but you look at this the the way this game sets up. The Bears are really, really doing what they can to crack down on opposing run games. And how is Cleveland going to be looking to attack this game? Jarvis Landry got injured last week. His status is questionable. OBJ, uh, or yeah, we don't know when he's going to be back. Uh, looking like he might be pushing to play this week, but again, they are taking their time. Um, and so you're left with a smattering of mediocrity through the pass game. I'd expect heavy, heavy, heavy 12 personnel uh, should both those guys miss. And now you're talking about a Browns team who's going to be likely forced to, again, march the field against a Bears defense whose weakness is with the deep ball this season. You know, wide receivers are getting open in the second level and they're getting burned, but we don't know if Baker Mayfield is going to have the pieces to be able to, to take advantage of that. So I kind of like the under on that one. Yeah. I feel like there's just, it's going to be a lot of replacement level players. And I don't know if you saw, but Baker tried to like, I don't know why quarterbacks try to like tackle on interceptions and he like stung his shoulder. So I don't know. And he was, you could tell he was definitely not trying to get hit during that game. So I can see something conservative coming in. I mean, why wouldn't you want to just run the ball with Chubb? This guy looks so good again. Yeah, that that said, they're going to give him 60% of the touches. Yeah. But, I mean, Hunt is is the best, quote-unquote, backup running back in the league. So It's insane, these two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are hashtag good at football. I like it, dude. I like the bonus. You got any parting shots, man? No shots this week. All love. Yes, sir. Let's go. I'm excited for this week. I'm excited to put week two in the rear view. <laughs> Let's move I, forward. Uh, I got, as you know, I uh, got married about a week and a half ago. and Yeah, dude, I should have opened with that. Son of a bitch. No, it's all good. Congrats, brother. <laughs> but guess who I played in fantasy this week? And I was up and then fucking Derek, Derek Henry from the dead. Tell <laughs> me I lose. <laughs> tell me your wife of six days beat your ass. What my ass. Yes. That is the content you're here for. Oh, gentlemen. Devastating. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I love it. I'm going to give a virtual shout out to your wife. <laughs> <laughs> She'll appreciate it. I'll let her know. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, congrats, brother. Not on the loss. Well, kind of on the loss, but on on the gain of this week, getting married. That's that's huge, dude. Congrats. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> I know you guys have been together for a long time and you've been talking about it for a while. And you guys went to the uh went to the courthouse and made it official, right? Yes, sir. Now that's we, awesome, dude. Yep. Can't wait to uh do the big one. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Well, congrats. Are you guys you guys have been living together for a while too, right? Yeah, because because of COVID, it's been we were able to work from home with our jobs. So she comes yeah. here a lot, and then or I'll go up to Chicago. So is she moving down to Florida? Are you getting up in the cold weather? What's going on with that? TBD. <laughs> All right, I won't press anymore there. <laughs> well, good luck figuring that out. You should uh, you should bet on your next matchup with her. Loser yes. has to move. <laughs> I'll fucking lose again, probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Oh, take it easy, man. Great Always pleasure. love jam it with you, man. Yeah, dude. We will catch up again next week. See you soon. Bye. Later.